Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're going to begin a new series this morning. We just finished one about the struggle of God's will and the battle that goes on and how we can apply that to our lives. And I want to kind of take this and merge it into it or come out of it and make some practical application. So what we're going to do, we're going to start a new series entitled Inside Out, where we're going to look at the life of David, Old Testament king, great patriarch of uh, the Jewish faith. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, it says, God removed Saul from the kingship and took it away from him, replaced him with David, a man about who God said, I have touched this man, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Now, when he says after his own heart, he's not talking to that that organ that beats. He's talking about the heart. I love you with all of my heart. He has a heart for God. His heart beats after God. God's heart is a heart of love. A God, of, a God of compassion, a heart of mercy and grace. God has a heart for people. And so he says, David has this heart for me. He loves me. That's on the inside. But then this next sentence puts it this way. He will do everything I want him to do. It starts on the inside and then works its way out. Inside the heart outside doing whatever God wants you to do. So, looking at that, we're going to talk about how we can have that kind of heart and what that kind of heart looks like and how this obedience plays out in our life doing what God wants us to do. We're going to begin this morning with dealing with the destiny. David, he has this destiny that he pursued. Now, just so we understand something, uh, my belief, and I, I think I can back this up with Scripture pretty easily, if you're a Christian, God has something for you to do. God put you in place where you are, created you as you are to use you for His plans and His purposes. So He has something for you. You can say it's a calling. You can say it's a ministry. You can say whatever you want. It's a destiny that God has for every child of God to do what God wants to you. That's where you find fulfillment in life as a Christian, having this heart that leads to you doing what God wants, but you have to pursue that destiny. It doesn't just, well, okay, here I am, God, use me. No, it takes some action on your part. And so we're going to talk about this and what we're going to start with where we are first introduced to David. It's where he is a shepherd boy, where the prophet shows up, the prophet's going to anoint the next king, and David is chosen. So how did David go from that point to the king? He had to pursue his destiny, didn't he? And we'll look at that over the course of the next few weeks of what he had to go through and what he did to get to where he needed to be. So let's just look at his heart. Let's just look at his life, how he put this into play. So if you're going to pursue this destiny, you're going to have to accept the response of other people. Because if you're going to do what God wants, how many of you understand there's going to be people who are watching? And how many of you know people just seldom watch? They usually have a commentary that goes with it, don't they? they? They usually look. So look at the people that David had to deal with, the surprised. 
God chose you? You're going to do what? You think you can do this? <laughs> you see, the prophet goes to Jesse's house and says, call all the boys in. One of your boys is going to be the next king. Well, his dad, Jesse's a little surprised because Jesse never even called David to the lineup. He just figured it's going to be one of these. And the prophet goes through and the prophet, you know, says, is this it? And he goes, well, I got another kid running a litter. He's out back somewhere watching sheep. Well, go get him. You want him? So even his dad was a little surprised. The prophet's surprised. Remember the prophet walks up to the first boy and thinks, wow, this is surely the guy. Look at him. I bet this is the one. And God says, no, not that one. Because God doesn't look at the outside. God looks at the heart, the inside. And so you have two surprised people that God's going to you. You know, if you're going to try to do anything for God, there's, you're going to surprise some people. You? How could it be? You also have to deal with the spiteful. You see, there's going to be people who uh, don't like what you're doing, who, who think you're doing this, you got the wrong motives, you got the wrong attitude, you, you, you shouldn't be used. David had to deal with this with his brother. His dad sends David, takes some bread, takes some supplies to your, your brothers who are in the battle, and as he's doing that, he comes across his brother, the, the oldest one, remember, who was not chosen, who should have been chosen, who probably, you know, David, you shouldn't be there. I should be there. You shouldn't be doing that. I wanted to do that. His oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men. He was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep? There was more than a few you're supposed to be taken care of. I know all about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. See, his brother couldn't see his heart. But he said he could. I know your pride. I know your... No, you don't. He said, I know all about that. What have I done now, this time? I was only asking a question. There are always going to be people who are going to look at you and not like what you're doing, who feel like you took their spot, who feel like you shouldn't be doing it, who resent it. And then there's the suspicious. What's your motive in this? What are you doing this for? How come you're involved in this? And David had to deal with this when he's dealing with the king, present king, King Saul. You know, the victorious Israelite army is returning home after David had killed the Philistine. You know, he's killed the giant. They're, they've routed the enemy now. They've chased them away. And so they're coming back in, into town. And the women from all the towns of Israel, they came out and they, they wanted to meet the king. And they sang and they danced for joy with tambourines. Finally, they're gone. Finally, we're free. Finally, what's going on? And this is their song. Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. David hadn't killed ten thousand. As far as we see right now, a giant, maybe some brothers, but this made Saul very angry. <laughs> What's this? 
they credit David with 10,000 and me with only 1,000. Next, they'll be making him their king. Yeah, that's all they will. From that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. I don't trust you. I don't like you. You're getting what I deserve. So if you're going to do anything from God, you're going to have to deal with the suspicious. You're going to have to deal with the the surprise, the spiteful. Because over the years, I have watched people come into church, take a position, do something, try to do something, want to do something. And as they're doing it, someone will evidently at some point make a comment. They'll hear it, get offended. Well, if that's the way it is, I'm done. And walk away. You can't allow what people say to determine your destiny. You have to pursue it, no matter what. No matter what the people might accuse you of, right or wrong, you have to go on. So, that's where we start. That's sometimes the hard part. But then there's this understanding that if God's going to use you, He's going to prepare you. See, God never calls you to do something that He doesn't prepare you to do it, that He doesn't give you the ability to do. And so, what he's going to do is, here, I've made you for this type of purpose. I've created you. I've given you giftings. I've given you the ability to do this. So, I'm going to help you become the person I want you to become, you need to become, and you want to become. Because I think we all would agree, I'm really not where I need to be in everything that I need to have to do what God wants me to do yet, right? At home, maybe you said something in the building here. I heard nothing. God's going to prepare you. And that prep time isn't always easy. So I want to look at what you're going to go through in order to fulfill the destiny that God has for you. First of all, God is going to use pressure. He's going to put you through some tough times. He's going to allow life to be a little hard for you. Because you see, what pressure does... And we see it going on in our society today. Pressure reveals the real you. Because what's inside comes out, doesn't it? And pressure has a way of drawing that out. The other thing pressure does is pressure makes diamonds. And so you will go through some unfairness, some difficulty, some hardship. Things in life that are just kind of hard. Until the time came to fulfill his dream, Psalm 105, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Remember, Joseph had this dream. This is what God's going to do. You know, I'm going to be the guy. That dream got him in trouble when he told his brothers. He ends up in being sold as a slave. He ends up in jail for a lot of years before it ever happens. What's God doing the whole time? God, why am I here? God says, I'm proving you because all of us need to be improved, don't we? And you and I go through improvement best when things are hard. The real us comes out. God allows you to go, God, this isn't fair. God, this isn't right. God says, I'm making you into the person you need to be. Let's go. And so you're going to have to deal with the pressure that life's going to bring your way. 
because life isn't always fair. People aren't always nice, but God is always faithful. And so I keep going even when there's pressure there. Why? Because God wants you to develop patience. Now, you don't have to pray for patience. In fact, over the last few months, your patience has been tested, hasn't it? It's been developed, isn't it? God says, don't get impatient. You know, life gets really hard when you get impatient with God. Because God doesn't work the way we want Him to, and sometimes when He doesn't go fast enough, we get impatient and we begin to make choices and decisions that end up making life worse because we didn't wait for God. And so God says, look, we're going to deal with this. It's not going to all happen right now. David, you're not immediately going from being anointed to being king. I'm going to deal with you. Would you patiently keep serving me? Would you patiently keep going? 2 Corinthians 6, 4, in everything we do, (laughs) everything we do, we show that we are the true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. Every person in Scripture that God used, you can read it, you can see it for yourself, had to go through a difficult time, and it didn't happen immediately, and they had to be patient with it. First Peter chapter 2, verse 19, God's pleased when you are conscious of His will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. So God puts you through this test, so to speak, this proving ground, this preparation time. He lets you go through some troubles and some difficulties. He's going to test the patience to see, will you wait for God to do what He wants to do? Because you see, once we think, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it, and we jump into it, and we don't wait for God. And we talked about it the last couple weeks is there's two things about God's will. One of them is what is it? The other one is when. And those two create struggles for us. So I got to be patient. And so then God wants me to begin with where I'm at. David's anointed king. The prophet says this is it. All the family's a witness to it. Dad's a witness to it. And what's David do? He goes back to the sheep. He keeps watching sheep. Well, hold on, I'm the next king. Go watch the sheep. David, why don't you come up here? I I got some bread, some supplies. Your brothers are at the battle. I want you to take it to them. But I'm the king. No, I've got this for you to do. Well, hold it. If you don't recognize me and let me do what I want to do, I'll go someplace else. And how many people I've watched over years because they don't think, they think the time is now, they think they're all prepared, and because things aren't going like they want them to, they'll end up, well, I'll go someplace else where I'm more appreciated, where people, here it is, recognize my gifts. God says, look, I'll take you where you are, I'll prepare you where you are, and here's how I'll prepare you. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in larger ones. But if you're dishonest with the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who's going to trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And God says, I'm going to take you where you are right now. Will you keep being faithful where you are? Yeah, but I'm king. 
Will you be faithful where you are? Your time's not yet. We've still got some work to do on you. Can we all agree that, you know, there is a little work that needs to be done on us? Okay, work on the person there in the room with you or next to you, right? They need work done, right? So it's, it, here it is. Here's what he's doing. He's saying, look, I'm going to use you. I'm going to take care of you. Well, if I don't get what I want, and if I can't do this now, and if I'm not, I'll, I'll just go. And they're not faithful with where they have. If you're not faithful with what you have, you won't be faithful with what you want. And God knows that. And so he'll take the time to prepare you. We'll see. Because if you're not faithful with the little bit I'm giving you, I'm not going to be able to trust you with more. We always want to start out with more, don't we? That's not how it works. And so God begins where you're at. Be faithful where you are. And God knows your potential. Most Christians live far below their potential. You have a greater potential than you understand. Oh, I've got all the talent in the world. You may have talent, but God is working on that talent to help develop it. Well, I can't do that. You can do more than that. Well, I'm not qualified. Yes, you can. I can do all things through Christ. You know, I, I can do more. And Paul writes in Ephesians, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Works within, God's working to accomplish infinitely, no limit, more than we might ask or think. Well, God, I'm not qualified. You're right, you're not, but I'll use you. Well, God, I, I don't think I've got the ability to do that. You maybe don't, but I'll use you. And so God says, look, I want you to understand something. David, you're just a kid, but you've got great potential. And over the next several years, David, we're going to develop that potential in you. And God is working in every one of our lives to bring out the potential that we have in Jesus Christ. And that potential is greater than you can imagine or you can ask for. God can do more. And a big part of your potential is how am I going to handle the little things? How am I going to handle the authority? How am I going to deal with the issues that are there? And so God says, let's reach your potential. And your potential is greater than you think. And God's also going to deal with your purity. Because if God's going to use you, He wants somebody to be like Him, holy. And so your lifestyle, your example, is a big part of what you can do in your destiny with God. You see, well, I can do this, and some people say, well, I'm very talented at this. Great. And you can be talented. You can even be successful in what you do. But if your lifestyle isn't reflecting Jesus Christ, you're going to do damage to the ministry and to the work of God, aren't you? And God says, I want to use you, 
but I, we're going to work on the purity aspect of your life. And are you going to be the type of person that will let me develop you to become more like me? Because the more you become like me, the greater things I can do in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. We'll do everything we can to work for God so that nobody will fall away because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. Now, we all know there's people that are going to find fault with you. But if they find fault with you, they've got to make up a lie. Because find fault means I'm going to do everything God wants me to do. 2 Timothy 2.21, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. You see, if you want to do something for God, and yet you want to continue living a lifestyle that isn't pleasing to Him, you're going to have a hard time doing something for God. And God says, I want you to be like this. I want you to be someone who wants to be like me. I want you to be holy. I want you to live a life that represents me in this world that is very dark and growing darker. I want you to be the light. I want to use you, but I want your light to shine for me. And what you do is secondary to who you are. And so it begins with this person that has a heart for God, that loves Him with all their heart, all their mind, all their soul, all their being for God. And then God says, look, I know you can't do everything. I want you to depend on me and my power. I know you can't do it all. I know you maybe don't have the ability to do this. I I know maybe you can't do that, God. I, I can't. God says, you can't. I can and God wants you in, in, in your work for Him, in what you're doing with Him and for Him, He wants you not to do what you can do, but to do what God can do through you. Because what you can do is limited by your abilities and your talent. What God can do through you is unlimited. You see, a lot of people in Scripture thought, well, I'm not qualifying. God goes, you're right, you're not but I make you qualified because of who I am. And if you'll lean on me and trust in me, I will take care of you and you will be able to do great things. Second Thessalonians 1.11, we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. There's that living that life. May He give you the power there it is, to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. So in other words, if you're going to do something for God, you've got to walk by faith. That means you've got to step out and do some things you're not sure of. To be willing to let God do, use you to do things that you don't feel are qualified for. To God to use you to do it in such a way. Why? Because you're going to have to depend on Him, not on you. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with Him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. So God says, look, 
I want you to be a, a person who is holy, a person who will l- let your light shine, and I will give you the strength that you need. I'm not calling you because, oh man, that person's really talented, really good. We can use the talent. We'll perfect it. But I don't want you to depend on your talent. I want you to depend on me. I don't want you to depend on what you think you can do. I want you to depend on what I can do through you. Then finally here, your destiny always involves people. People, man. I want to do something where I don't have to deal with any people. God wants to use you not so you'll be glorified, so that He'll be glorified, but so that people will be touched because of your ministry. You want to make a difference in life? You do what God wants you to do to help other people become the people God wants them to be. God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve. Use them well for other people. You're not doing this for you. You're doing this for others. Well, I don't like doing this, and I don't want… It's not about you. It's about other people and touching others. And so, God says, look, I want to take your life. Yes, you'll have to deal with what some people say, but I want to prepare you to be the person after my own heart that'll do whatever I ask you to do so that you can fulfill your destiny in life of what I made you for. But for you to get to that point, I'm going to work with you and work on you, and together we're going to grow, and together we're going to do things so that you're prepared and so that you can accomplish everything I created you to accomplish. And believe me, it's more than you can imagine. What a great life, huh? Wow. Look at what he offers to us. And yet, we sometimes live far below what God wants and what God's able to do. So how do I pursue this destiny? How how do I keep doing it? How do I put that into place in my life? Let me give you four things real quick. Number one, be committed. In other words, it's like this. God, no matter what happens, I want to do, let me borrow from the last few weeks, I want to do your will. God, I want to serve you. I want to please you. I want to honor you. I want my life to represent you. That's what I want more than anything else. And God, no matter what happens to me, I will always seek you and follow you. Not, well, as long as things go well, as long as I get my way, as long as I think it's right. No, God, I'm in this. Second Chronicles 16.9, great verse. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those, those, anybody, whose hearts are fully committed to Him. And God sees the heart, doesn't He? We can lie to ourselves, but God sees the heart. And He's looking for people that He can strengthen whose hearts are fully committed to Him. I'm all in, God. I just want you, and I want what you have for me. Secondly, communicate always. (laughs) 
communicate all. We have an entire book in the Bible, longest book in the Bible, called the Psalms. David wrote most of them. And what did we find in the Psalms? Here's what we find. We find David communicating with God, don't we? God, they're trying to do this to me. God, they're trying to kill me. God, my enemies are doing this. And God, they want to hurt me. And God, they're laying traps for me. And God, they're not being fair to me. And God, this is going on. And they're pursuing me. And God, 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 look at what's happening to me. Whoa, 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 poor me, poor me. And yet as you read them, they always end up with, yet God, I will trust you. Yet God, you will be faithful. Yet God, I will keep serving you. God, I know you're the God of all. You read that and you read that and see what David has to say. And so what God says, look, you, I can handle it when you want to complain. Complain to me all you want. In fact, it's much better to complain to God than complain to other people. Do you know that? Just tell him. Be honest with your feelings. Communicate it to him. But then always end up with, but God, yet I will serve you. I know I can trust you. I know that even though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil because you're with me. What a great, great way of communication. And that's what we're supposed to do because it keeps you focused on who you're looking for and who you're working for. And then be consistent. Don't be one way when you're with this group and another way with another group. Be the same person all the time. Be the person that has this heart for God. Be loving. Be caring. Be compassionate. And here's what the psalmist writes in Psalm 119. Oh, that my actions would consistently, consistently reflect your decrees. Not perfect, but God, help me to consistently reflect your ways, your truths, and your right. So God, here I am. I'm committed to you. And God, you and I get to talk all the time and communicate about what's going on. And I, I want to be consistent in my walk, in my life. I want to do that. And then I need to be confident. God will use me. Here's what I know. You serving God, you have a heart for Him. God will use you. He won't force you. He won't make you, but He will use you. Oh, well, pastor, I'm, I'm uh, too old. No, you're not. Well, I'm not very talented or gifted. That's okay. God can still use you. God has a destiny for you. So I need to be confident in that. Do not, Hebrews, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you'll just continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. Keep going. God's going to do this. God's going to be faithful to me. I'm going to be faithful to Him. Paul writes in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, this, just see what Paul says here. We're confident of this because of our great trust of, in God through Christ. It's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Do you get that? Paul said, I don't think I'm qualified to do this, but our qualification comes from God. God will do it. He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. 
And the old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. I got great news today. God wants to use you. I got, well, you don't know what I've done, Pastor. God wants to use you. you. You don't understand how bad I am. God wants to use you. But Pastor, I don't have any gifts that God wants to use you. Well, I'm, I'm really, God wants to use you. God created you to be used by Him. God has a destiny for you. Will you pursue it? Will you go after it? Like David. Will you start on the inside and let that work out? And I don't know where you're at in your walk with God, but I know that God has a great destiny for you if you'll cooperate with Him and walk with Him in it. And God will take you and use your life to do more than you can even ask or imagine. Be confident of that. Be confident of that. And allow God to do great things in you and allow your life to be the most fulfilled it could possibly be. Let's pray. Lord, today, we thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, we stand a little bit in awe that you could use us. I mean, look at us. But God, you came and died and you went back to heaven and you left it all on us. How much you must trust us how much you must want to use us. So God, we offer our lives to you. Begin on the inside. Give me a heart for God. Lord, let my heart be wholly committed to you. So that I will do whatever you want me to do. Thank you for the life you offered to me. Help me to live it, I pray, in thy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.